Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage for Millennials podcast. It is 8.16pm on January 9th. Thanks for tuning in again, or if you're new, hey, welcome. I'm your host, Rochelle Ham, creator of marriagemillennials.com, a blog that discusses God's design for family, teaches women to honor Christ before marriage, and prepares younger women for family. To put things in my real time, the blog is in the strategically single phase. What this means is that I do not address specific issues about marriage at this time because I'm not married. Instead, my current focus is teaching women to honor Christ before a man and preparing them for family if that is a current desire that they have. Now, before we get started, as always, I want to tell you where you can keep the convo going with me after the end of this podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. Um, This, as well as any other podcast will be posted on the site marriagemillennials.com so if you have any questions feel free to comment below on that post or you can also visit the facebook page backslash mf millennials um, my twitter and ig handle is rochelle ham that's r-o-c-h-e-l-l-e-h-a-m so feel free to follow and talk with me there as well also, this podcast is on iTunes, so subscribe so that you won't miss a podcast. Just type in Marriage News in the search bar and you will see it. It'll pop up for you. Uh, next, I have some old and faithful things to tell you about, as well as some new things that I'm really excited about. Um, for this podcast, I'm going to go into detail about all those things. Um, it's going to be a bit long, but for the podcast following, um, I'm just going to do a brief reminder because it's a lot of stuff, okay? All right, so first, if you've been following or even if you haven't, um, I've created the Dating Detox, which was my first crash course that teaches you how to dish the dating game and create your single strategy. So feel free to head to the site, check that out. Again, as always, I will always thank all the people who have already downloaded it. Um, again, it's free and it's for everyone from the single and content to the many of you that may be desiring godly relationship. This course, however, it will be exclusive to my email subscribers. So if you want the course, you gotta sign up on the site. So feel free to subscribe. Um, if you go on the site, it should be on the right side. You'll see um, you'll see a box that basically lets you sign up with your email, and that also gives you. Um, access to promotions that we may have for for anything that we have going on, right? Okay, so second, dun, 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 the MFM shop is now open with courses and products. I'm so excited to finally um, be able to provide things that you guys can take away, um, free things and things that cost. Um, so I'm so grateful. Um, now, with that being said, I recently launched the Journey to Abstinence course, um, a new course following the Dating Detox. Um, I created this course for mothers that want to teach their children about abstinence or virgins that want more education on abstinence. Um, also, I also created this for those of you who maybe have just come to Christ and especially for those many women who have asked me about abstinence based on my journey um, of being abstinence while in a relationship. In the course, we touch base on pretty much a little bit of everything. Um, We talk about the definition of abstinence, um, abstinence as a representation, the benefits of abstinence. Um, We even debunk some myths about sex and give you some tips to triumph over temptation, as well as what to do if you slip up during your journey. Now, just like the Dating Detox, this course is free. Um, I actually kind of thought about it and I was just like, you know what? All the courses I create from now on, until forever, really, will be free. Um, It just doesn't sit well with me to charge for God's word. I mean, it's in the Bible. Why do I need to charge you for it, right? Um, however, 
this course, the Journey to Abstinence course, and any other course following will be open to the public. And they're not just limited to my email subscribers. So you don't have to sign up to my email to get the Journey to Abstinence course. Um, on the site, you'll see a shop and then you'll see a courses tab and you'll be able to um, purchase it, but it's free. So it's at no cost to you. All right. Last drum roll, please. Um, I'm just going to tap on my desk. Can you hear that? <laughs> All right. Well, Effortless, a cookbook for millennials. I like the sound of that. I love it. <laughs> it's now available for purchase. So yes, my first cookbook is out first because I will be creating more um, with different themes and stuff like that. But this one is um, it's out and it's on the site. Um, I completed this around October, November of last year. And I was so anxious to tell you guys. Um, but yes, timing is everything. So here it is. My first cookbook is here. It's packed with 30 from scratch recipes that I'm sure you will enjoy. Um, if anybody knows me, I've been cooking for a very long time, um, from helping out in the kitchen to my mom's home, to cooking for my friends, to college, now to having my first ebook. So I'm grateful to have it completed my first product. And um, I know that was a lot of information, but with all that being said, as usual, go and cop that. Alrighty, guys, let's finally jump in. Alrighty, guys. Happy New Year. I, I haven't, um, you know, we haven't said that. I know it's the ninth. It's kind of like the first week of the New Year is already um, done. So no need to say Happy New Year anymore. But it's our first time kind of touching base since the last year. So I just wanted to come and say Happy New Year. I hope your New Year's Eve and New Year has been good to you. Um, yeah, I had to take a break for my birthday and holiday travel, school, all that jazz. I mean, I just want to be honest with you. I really wasn't motivated to do a thing and after a certain point I was like you know what I would rather quality over quantity so I'm just gonna bow out let you guys know I'll see you in 2017 and let that be that but I'm back I'm back to continue the nine port nine part podcast series um but before I do that do you guys hear this new mic though like do y'all hear it because I hear it and I feel popping. All right. Um, my awesome, awesome courtmate not only purchased my cookbook, but he also gifted me with the mic I wanted for my birthday. And um, he just helped me set up all the things with the sound and stuff like that. So um, you're the best, honey. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, um, bear with me. I think we're pretty good on the sound, but we may have to tweak some things. But um, regardless, I'm really, really happy to, you know, slowly but surely be improving the content of of MFM for you guys. But yeah, going back to the podcast, um, of course, it's no longer a journey to, to 25 series anymore because I did turn 25 last month already. Um, but these are still things that I feel that many of you will be able to relate to and still get something from. Um, after we finish this nine-part series, we will continue with, you know, just more content. So um, just a heads up, just to know we are going to be continuing the nine-part series with this podcast and um a couple more following probably have about what five four to five more and then after that we'll just do some more content all right let's begin all right guys so i'm sure you've read the title this podcast is um called femininity class does not equal christian Ooh, <laughs> it's no secret you know we live in a society where the appearance of things mean more to us than the reality of things um you know and what that does is it fuels fills our highlight reels on social media and that 
in turn, (laughs) fuels our insecurities. You know, we always say we pride ourselves on things like, you know, first impressions are everything. And while that is great, um, in some ways it does cause us to want to put our best foot forward based on what society says is our best foot. Now, bringing that into the culture of the body of Christ, there is this picture or idea of what a Christian woman looks like, dresses like, and talks like, right? Let's take the Southern Belle, for example. Painting a picture for you now. She has on her A-line skirt, her pearls on, she's married, soft-spoken. Her hair is straightened or curled. She has amazing fleeky makeup on. Um, you know, she's sipping on some tea, she's slender, and she always has a smile on her face, right? The Southern Belle, you've heard of her. Now, one may even say that the Southern Belle reminds you a lot of the Titus 2 or Proverbs 31 woman. And, you know, I would say to a certain extent, I agree. But while the Southern Belle, in a way, does have a lot of characteristics of the Proverbs 31 and Titus 2 women, um, the most important thing that separates the two is the belief in Jesus Christ. Now, when I look at the culture's obsession with the appearance of class and not the class in our hearts, I'm kind of reminded of the Pharisees that put all of their hope and love into the appearance via customs and traditions, but failed to believe in Jesus Christ. How many of us are, you know, are simply looking the part, but are not actually the part in our hearts? How many of us have all the outside appearance of what society says a Christian woman should look like, but simply don't believe in him or only believe in him to a certain extent? Or another note, how many of us believe in him, but we cover up our sins with our nice outfits, skirts, pearls, and sips of tea and soft-spoken voices, right? Now, besides that aspect, we're not cookie-cutter humans all created the same. So what does the Southern Belle Christian ideal woman say to the girls with maybe not straight or curled hair? Maybe they have coarse hair or maybe a girl that has more of a sense of humor than, um, you know, the typical docile girl. Or um, maybe a girl whose voice comes off a little bit more aggressive, you know, as even if she's being respectful. What about the soul of the tomboy, you know, the girl that loves and lives for Jesus just the same? You know, why are we telling her you can't sit with us when God values both? Now, hear me out here. This is not saying to be masculine to the point where it conflicts with your God-given gender role. You know, you can still love pants over skirts and be a submissive, gentle, and kind-spirited woman that fears the Lord. You can The point is that belief in Christianity is what causes our hearts to change. Depending on how we used to carry ourselves, of course, that may also change our outward appearance, but that's not the primary focus. The outside is not the primary focus of things that's to change. So it shouldn't be what we value above the belief in Jesus Christ itself. So now that we know what our primary focus should not be on, what is the femininity that we should be focused on? What does it truly mean to be a feminine woman that fears God? Let's read some verses that describe what it means to be a feminine woman, just so that we're keeping things um, scripture and biblically based, and we can go from there. All right? First up, Proverbs 31, 26. She opens her mouth in wisdom and in the teaching and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. 
Um, so yeah, what are you speaking on the lives of others, good or evil, encouragement or shade, right? Um, a lot of times we say things like, we make jokes about how petty we are and we think it's funny, but in the grand scheme of things on a biblical base, is this teaching kindness? Is this having wisdom to know when to speak and what to say when you speak? Those are things that um, we should be taking you know, into consideration. Let's move on. Two, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. That's Proverbs 31 verse 30. So even in this scripture, it's telling us beauty is vain. If it, it's, it's, it's charm is deceitful. Um, you know, as women, that's one of the things that we can do to put both men and women in a trance, our beauty. Um, but it is a woman who fears the Lord that should be praised, not the person who has, you know, the A-line skirt and the pearls and, and, and the hair curled and all that stuff. While that stuff is great, that's not what being feminine is. That is just kind of a subpart of femininity, but that's not the heart of what being feminine is. All right, let's move on to another um, book in the Bible. Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works, as is proper for women making a claim to godliness. Now, back in this time, what this is referring to is there were women back in the day that... Um, basically kind of did what I was talking about, you know, they had all of the costly garments, they had all the, all the right clothes and things like that, but their heart was not on Christ. Again, you know, hiding our sins with our snooty noses and our, you know, bourgeoisie attitude and our pearls and, and all that stuff, right? How do you dress modestly and discreetly? Do we have our things hanging out, showing it? You know, do we care about the way we, um, the way we honor our body? Not what we look like, but are we honoring Christ with our bodies in what we wear? And are we letting Christ's light speak for us or are we letting our clothes speak for us? Next up, Titus 2. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior not slanderers or slaves to much wine they are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children to be self-controlled pure working at home kind and submissive to their own husbands that the world the word of god may not be reviled um you've heard me read titus 2 before and um it's it's like one of the holy grails so i'm gonna keep reading it but yeah i'm reverent in behavior um not slanderers are you a, do you slander women are you a gossiper that's the like the thing and it you know it sounds when you say slander we think of it as like oh I don't, I don't slander people you know I would never you know do anything that you know defamation of character I would never do that but that's what gossiping is and that's one of the easiest things that we do as women we gossip that's what we do um you know I I used to be heavy on it I still gossip at times and I have to check myself so yeah um you know are, are we slandering women or are we uplifting them are you a slave to much wine and one of the things that um I made I'm making sure to do this year is to just cut back on um that intake of wine and um yeah so are you a slave to much wine is it your master are you sloppy are you drunk are you um 
you know, being unladylike due to the much wine that you're drinking. Now, furthermore, it says they are to teach what is good and to train the young women to love their their children and their husbands to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their husbands. What are so? What are you teaching other women? Are you teaching them to be self-controlled or to let you know their emotions lead them, or are you letting your emotions lead you? When people say something to you, you want to pop off, or you you know, you don't want to ask for forgiveness or you don't want to, you know, forgive others. You know, are you teaching women to be pure or are you teaching them to cloud their spirit with sexual immorality and other worldly things? You know, casual sex, masturbation, um, fornication, all those things. Um, what are you teaching younger women to work at home so that you can take care of your children or, or, you teaching women or even yourself, are you being led by the world's feminism that encourages women to disregard their families for the love of the career? Are you teaching women to be kind and submissive to their husbands? Or are you teaching them to create a two-headed monster in their households? These are the things that address real femininity. And take notice, ladies, most of these things say nothing about what she looks like. It only talks about what is in her heart. A Christian woman, you know, she comes in many colors, sizes, hobbies, dress codes, ministries, and beauty regimens, right? So let's try not to let what we appear to be become our idol. Now, before we wrap up, um, let's talk about Deborah. Um, if you don't know, Deborah was a unique woman in the Bible that did not necessarily, in my opinion, fit the Southern Belle label, but she was still a great example of a Christian woman. Now, um, to follow me, go ahead and turn your Bible to Judges 4, 1-9 through 9 for, the cult, for, the, for the full context of this story. I'm going to go ahead and read it for you now. In advance, some of these words are hard to pronounce, um, but I'm just going to keep going. If I mess up, I'm just going to keep going, okay? All right. And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. And the Lord sold them into the land of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazar. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harosheth Hagoyim. Then the people cried out to the Lord for help, for he had 900 chariots of iron, and he oppressed the people of Israel cruelly for 20 years. Sheesh. <laughs> now, Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidus, was judging Israel at the time. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the people of Israel came up to her for judgment. She sent and summoned Barak, the son of Abinuim, from Kadesh Naphtali, and said to him, has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you? Go, gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking 10,000 from the people of Naphtali and the people of Zebulun. And I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the river Kishon with his chariots and his troops, and I will give him into your hand. Now Barak said to her, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, then I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead to your glory, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. So to recap, guys, Deborah was a prophetess and Israel's first and only judge. 
Um, due to Barack's failure to listen to God's command, Deborah had to step in so that God would be able to, you know, his will be done. And the army of Sisera ended up being um, conquered or in the hands of a woman. She was the exception. Now, based on our Southern Belle stencil, Deborah would, in a way, be considered a tomboy, especially, I guess, maybe in, in that time. I mean, she had a masculine job, masculine jobs, you know, being a prophetess and uh, a judge. And she even had to engage in military leadership, which women did not do back then. Nevertheless, she was still serving God. Now, this is not an excuse for you to be so career-driven to the point where you disobey God's commands to raise your children or, you know, maybe being one of the boys to the point where you are lustful, you know, offending single women and maybe offending other wives. Um, but what this is simply saying is that who you are in your heart and the God you serve is more important than what is on the outside of you, what job you have, what you look like, um, you know, and the, exception, the obsession with femininity to the point of looking down on others or forgetting Christ is wrong. If you want um, someone, I guess, who's kind of big on social media, Jackie Hill Perry is a great example of a woman on fire for God, but she does not look like the Southern Belle. Go research her. Go on Instagram right now. Type, type in Jackie Hill Perry and see how theologically based she is, how smart she is in the word of God. And then when you look at her and then compare her to the Southern Belle and you'll get exactly what I'm saying in this podcast. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Well, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, remember, again, this is going to be posted on the site. So if you have any questions, shoot me over a comment below on that post. If, uh, visit the Facebook page, backslash MF Millennials. Um, Rochelle Ham is my Twitter and IG handle. I'm hardly on Twitter. I should get back on there more. Um, but I'm always on Instagram. So, yes, feel free to um, follow me there and talk with me. Um, the podcast is on iTunes, um, SoundCloud too, but you know, iTunes. <laughs> it's on iTunes. So, type in Marriage Millennials in the search bar and it'll pop up. Um, please rate, um, subscribe to my podcast, um, share this to someone who you feel this may help, that may love this. Um, I would really, really, really appreciate it. And I thank you in advance if you do so. Alrighty, guys. I hope you have a great rest of the week. And um, always remember to look for a second thing to be grateful for the first thing being that you're alive. Love you, ladies. Take care. Bye. Hey guys, Rochelle here, coming to you with another PSA, a public service announcement. Just wanted to give props to the music on this podcast. The first song you hear is from Myron Butler, and it's called Set Me Free. That's my jam. Um, and the second song you're listening to right now is called Drowning by KB. Um, I encourage you to listen to the songs, and if you love them enough like I do, purchase them. Thanks a bunch for supporting Christian content creators. See you next time.